I have spoken these things to you while I am with you. The companion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. Have you ever heard of a contronym? A contronym is a single word that has two contradictory meanings. For instance, the word bolt can mean to either secure or to run away. The word bound means either heading in a destination or restrained from movement. Uh, the word left sometimes means what remained, other times it means what departed. Whether, as a verb, means to withstand something or to be worn away by something. And my favorite is the verb dust, which means either to add tiny particles or remove tiny particles. Now, sometimes I feel like people are destined to prefer a world of contronyms. What I mean is, while there's only one universe in which we're all living, we seem to want to divide each other into the simplest of categories. Us versus them. It may be one world, but we interpret it in two contradictory meanings. I've actually been seeing this a lot recently. We're months into a pandemic, and it seems we're still on the rise. Unrest over concerns of racism in our country continues. We are looking at a coming national election that will be filled with deep divisiveness. Not to mention the continuing concerns of international corruption and climate change and crippling consumerism and and many other issues that vie for a spot in the news cycle. These massive issues facing our world, they're here, and they're huge, and yet we tend to break them down into smaller, bite-sized categories to work with. Those who agree with us, and those who don't. Us versus them. This division is obvious in our country, but to be honest, pretty obvious in the church, too. We don't all agree on how we're supposed to tackle these huge issues in our world in ways that accurately reflect our Christian faith and the kingdom of God, of which we are ambassadors. What's worse, I think that too often we look more for validation of our opinions instead of seeking Jesus' opinion. Let me put it this way. Ask yourself, when, when a major issue seems to rise in our world, where do you look to find the best response? Where do you look to decide what you should do? If you're like most of us, you're looking even unintentionally at Facebook or websites you agree with. Maybe you have some podcasts that you follow, some carefully curated thought leaders, authors, or, or others whose opinion you want to hear. Maybe it's a news show or a political commentary that you listen to. In the end, do you find that more often than not, you agree with the same group, the same set of opinions, the same social theories, or the same political perspectives? You might be aware that I actually have a lot of concern with how Christians have engaged in the political conversations of our day. But really, this is bigger than that. This goes well beyond just politics, and it really threatens the heart of what it means to be a Christian. 
I don't think that the church really is supposed to just look like every other system divided into us versus them. You know, it's times like this that I really, really wish that Jesus was just here with us. I mean, really, physically, here. Like, I could just reach out, shake his hand, and say, what is going on? What am I supposed to do? What does it mean to be your follower right now in the midst of everything? All that's happening around us. I mean, that just seems like it would be so much easier. Just the best way to do it, right? Oddly enough, it seems that Jesus would not have agreed. In John 14, 25 through 26, we read Jesus saying this, I have spoken these things to you while I am with you. The companion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. It's interesting to notice that here, Jesus doesn't just say that the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything that Jesus had said, but that the Spirit will actually be teaching you, teaching all of us who call Jesus Lord. It means that we don't just get access to the physical Jesus in our presence, but instead each of us gets access to the Holy Spirit. True God is available to each of us to teach us, to show us how to live and respond to our world. Later in John 16, 7 through 8, Jesus says this, I assure you that it is better for you that I go away. If I don't go away, the companion won't come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will show the world it was wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now listen, I get the theology of the Trinity. I understand, as best as anyone can, how the Trinity works. Three in one and all that. And why the Trinity is so theologically important. But if I had to choose just one of them, I'm partial to Jesus. Honestly, Jesus just makes the most sense to me. Jesus is human and able to understand how difficult all this is. The images of grace and commitment that I see in Jesus, they not only inspire me, but they teach me how to live. I like his style of communication and his ability to turn complex ideas into simple stories. I just really like the guy. But he seems to think I'm better off with the Holy Spirit than him. He seems to think that having the Holy Spirit in my life is more important than having him physically with me. And because I trust him, I believe him. It's better to have the Holy Spirit here than Jesus here. But to be honest, I don't always act like it. In fact, I think many of us don't act like it. Imagine if you had Jesus with you right now. Would you still be looking to the same sources to tell you how you should respond to the world? Would you still be searching for like-minded politicians and commentators to tell you what social theories to follow? Or would you just ask Jesus? Would you say, Jesus, I don't know what to do today. Can you show me? Here's the thing. Jesus has already told us that it's better that we don't have him here. It's better that we have the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you, when the world feels like it is chaos, are you looking first for answers from the one whom Jesus said is 
better for you? Are you seeking answers from God's Holy Spirit? In times of social and political chaos, are you more likely to spend time reading Scripture and intentionally praying for guidance from God? Or looking for answers? Looking for answers on Facebook or cable news? Are you more likely to filter what you're hearing through the lens of Christ? Or are you trying to fit Christ through your social and political lenses? It's a temptation for all of us. In the Anabaptist tradition, we've often used the language of third way to describe how we live the Christian faith. That means instead of being defined just by the polarizing systems of this world, we seek a completely different approach, one that reflects Jesus' kingdom. And this isn't about some squishy middle ground either. If we're truly looking for answers from the Holy Spirit, it's just they won't come from two sides. They won't line up perfectly with any polarized debate. When Jesus was being pulled by the Pharisees on one side who wanted to appease the Romans and the Zealots on the other who wanted to overthrow the Romans, Jesus took a completely different approach. The Spirit will never be on our side or anyone else's. Our job is to seek out the Spirit's side. What would it look like if Christians were more eager to seek out how to reflect Jesus' kingdom than to take sides in an us-versus-them ideological brawl? Well, it won't mean that we suddenly become a monolithic group who all thinks the same. I mean, even if you are fully successful at no longer filtering Jesus' teaching through your experiences and ideas, and instead you begin to filter your experiences and ideas through Jesus' teaching, you'll still be you. Thank goodness. You'll just be a closer version of the you that God intended you to be. Christians will forever disagree because we're people, and we do that. But, and this is a big but, we won't be forced into corners anymore preparing to battle. We'll be far more self-critical of how we are seeing the world. We will not fall for the, really, the perpetual temptation to find our identity in systems that happen to exist right now. We'll find ways to listen to people with, with whom we disagree. And we'll be able to disagree even with people who we find compelling. Most importantly, our identity will be united with Christ over all else. Uh, in football, my favorite play is called the Fumble Ruski. This trick play is rarely seen in the NFL now. And it's actually against the rules in college ball. But this play is great. And in this play, immediately after the snap, the quarterback places the football on the turf. And he makes a fumble with that, okay? So after he fumbles the ball, he fakes a handoff. And then, usually a lineman picks it up. Now, because it's a fumble, the lineman doesn't have to turn around to get it. So, so it doesn't look like that he would even have it. And if the play works out, everyone's focused on the guy who received the fake handoff. Well, the lineman makes a run for the end zone, and scores. At the time it's happening, everyone thinks their attention is exactly where it needs to be. But afterwards, they all realize that their attention was in the wrong spot all along. 
I'm reminded of the story of Peter that Matthew uh, tells us where the disciples were on the boat in the middle of a storm. And they see someone walk on the water out near them. It's Jesus, and he tells them, in the middle of a storm, not to be afraid. In the middle of a storm. And Peter says, if it's really you, Jesus, just command me to come out to the water, and I will. Jesus does it. And Peter miraculously steps out of the boat and onto the water, in the middle of the storm. And as he's watching this, he sees Jesus walking. But while the storm is raging around him, he can still walk. While the rain is slamming against him, he can walk. While the wind is threatening to blow him over, as long as he's looking at Jesus, he knows where he's supposed to go. But when he gets afraid and moves his eyes away and focuses on something else, he begins to sink and almost drowns. If you feel like you're in the middle of a storm right now, if you are uncertain about what to do next, or even if you feel like you know the right move, you will run the risk of drowning if you stop looking at Jesus. See, we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit as a way of being able to continually look and see Jesus. This isn't a call to abandon the world as we look at Jesus. It's a reminder that we've been given a spirit of hope and not fear, a spirit of wisdom and not folly, a spirit of God's kingdom and not one that mirrors anything on earth. May our choices and our voices be truly submitted to that, to that kingdom alone. So that when people look at us, they can't define us by the rules that define the us versus them binary, but instead, they see people who shouldn't get along according to their rules, all walking on the water together.